0: i What's going on, city dwellers, countrymen, saints, friends, aints, and everybody in between? It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood, and it is your boy, Josh Rogers, for another edition of one of the greatest podcasts on Sicily Tyson's internet, and that is The Jigsaw. You know what it is. It is the podcast where we get together, and we are just trying to figure out this crazy Puzzle piece called life, the jigsaw of life. We're trying to figure it out together, and it has been an amazing journey so far. You know what we do? We talk about the perils, the praises, the productivity, and the pumping circumstance of being a real life black millennial in America. What's going on with y'all? Y'all good? How y'all doing? Hanging in there. I'm gonna ask it every week. <laughs> Hope y'all are doing good. Hope y'all are doing amazing. Uh, I'm doing pretty good today. Um, has been a good day. This week has been a relatively decent week, been very productive, had some advances on some things that's happening, as most of you all know that I was laid off during COVID-19 and I've had some job interviews. So if you know the power of prayer. Come on, somebody. (laughs) And you believe, um, send me your prayers. Send me your good thoughts. Send me your positive vibes. I am really hoping and praying that something materializes out of the opportunities that I have been given. Today's episode is going to be a great one. We're talking about building your brand and maintaining your brand and grinding your way up to the top um, with one of the up and coming emerging influencers that I connect with that I work with that I partner with on quite a consistent basis and she's going to give us some really dope gems so definitely excited to go into the live room and talk about that and you know there's some stuff that's happening in pop culture that we're going to highlight on the billboard but instead of giving you all those previews we're going to get straight into it let's get ready to go into the blessed up report
1: in the of yeah in the
0: this week on the Blessed Up Report, I am going to shout out these two amazing Black queens, the McBride Sisters Company. They have the McBride Sisters Collection, and this is a Black-owned, African American-owned wine company. Uh, Robin and Andrea McBride. They met in 1999. Actually, growing up on two different continents, two different sides of the country, and they randomly met in 1999. Um, and After meeting, they found out that they both had a passion and a love for wine and that they had some really similar upbringings and backgrounds that kind of bonded them together. And from that initial meeting and from the cultivation of their friendship, they um, spent some time developing and talking about wines more and really developing their craft and researching what they wanted to possibly possibly bring to the market. And all of that good work, all of that traveling, all of that tasting, all of that research led us to the McBride Sisters Collection. Again, um, it is a black owned wine company in the United States. And in fact, it is the largest black owned wine company in the United States. So shout out to them specifically in a time where we are buying black. And this is just an encouragement for us to keep buying black. I know we did it this past Tuesday where we blacked out and we spent a lot of our dollars in um, black companies and black stores and black owned businesses, businesses and supporting black brands. Let's continue to do that. And the McBride sisters, the collection is one of the ways in which we can do it. I know a lot of y'all like to have your little wine to decompress or to have it with a meal or however you like it. So why not support some of our sisters and what they are trying to do and make one and make their brand um, is already the largest. Um, black owned wine company in the United States, but why not make it a staple in households everywhere? So you can check them out at the McBride com to see the different, um, types of wines that you like maybe you're a red maybe you're a white maybe you're a dry maybe you're a sweet whatever it is they got you covered just head over to their website and get what you need and let us support black businesses all right if you have a specific black business that you want it to be shout out um, on this podcast send me an email at the gxl podcast at gmail.com and I'll be sure to review it look it up and to um, yeah shout it out and if you want to send me something, to review or something like that. I'm willing to do that too. I am willing to support and use my platform to make sure that our brothers and sisters get the exposure and the support um, that they need. All right. So shout out to Robin and Andrea. We support you. We are here for you. Keep shining. Bless up to y'all. So in the billboard this week, you know, this is our pop culture segment. Um, A few things that we want to talk about. It's been kind of trashy a little bit So I had to dig through some of the stuff and figure out what I wanted to talk about. And I tried to ignore Terry Crews, but I just could not do it. And so, you know, he's been saying some ridiculous stuff, tweeting just crazy stuff about the Black Lives Matter movement and his kind of, you know, ability to want to teeter the fence. Not even really teeter the fence. He's just he's lost it. But anyway, um, on June 30th, he tweeted. If you are a child of God, you are my brother and sister. I have family of every race, creed and ideology. We must ensure that Black Lives Matter doesn't morph into black lives better. Sir. Sir. Come, what? In the, that, didn't, that doesn't even make any sense. It makes no sense at all. And, you know, he he didn't stop there. But before I go into that, he did not stop there. So later, over the 4th of July weekend, a few days later, he ended up tweeting and says, are all white people bad? No. Are all black people good? No. Knowing this reality, I stand on my decision to unite with good people, no matter the race, creed or ideology. Given the number of threats against this decision, I also stand. I also decide to die on this hill. Here's a few things. Just because we are protesting and fighting and advocating for justice does not ever mean that our black lives are better than anyone else's. What we are fighting for is equity. What we are fighting for is justice. What we, is, what we are fighting for is the dismantling of systematic oppression and systems and legislation that has stopped us from creating and generating wealth in this country. that has stopped us from having equal and fair opportunities um, to get housing, to get access to proper resources like education and health. Right. These are the kind of things we want to stop being killed in the streets. So it is not to say that every white person is bad. It is not to say that all black people are good. I don't think that was ever the language that was supposed to be put into the minds of the people or that the Black Lives Matter movement or the agenda is pushing. That has never been the language. The language has always been that our lives matter. Right. And because of all the systemic oppression, racism and prejudices that exist in the United States specifically. Right. There is no way. That you can actively say with everything going on that black lives really matter, because if they did, we would not have to be fighting for police officers to get um, penalized and convicted. That's the word I was looking for to get convicted when they kill, when they kill a black woman and a black man for doing nothing, for being unarmed. Right. These are the things that we are fighting for when redlining was a part of our laws and the results of those laws still exist today and create a tremendous amount of barriers for black and brown folk to be able to get proper housing. In major cities, the ripple effects of that stuff still exist. The ripple effects of black people not receiving the proper reparations from slavery still exist as a barrier for a lot of black and brown, black people specifically not being able to generate and create wealth in the United States. It's not because we're lazy. It's not because we're unlearned, but it is because there have been systems and there has been legislation and there has been a consistent push and policies that continues to retard Right. And slow down the type of growth and accessibility to basic resources that we deserve as human beings. But because our skin is black, those barriers remain there and remain strong. And Terry Crews, as black as you are. Right. I'm having a real hard time understanding why you can't get this. Bernice King herself retweeted you and responded and said that we're not even at the place where we're trying to have our lives better. My brother, we're just trying to get to the place where everything is at an equal playing field. And you decided to say, I agree with you. But man, shut up and let a queen speak. At that moment, you should have been quiet. Even Don Lemon. And I'm loving what Don Lemon is on on this tip. (laughs) Don Lemon had to drag you on CNN the other day. And you postured yourself to be combative, to listen, not to learn, but to listen, to respond. And Don Lemon was giving you a basic Black Lives Matter one-on-one class, which seems like what, that's what you needed. And even in that moment where he was giving you that class, that lesson on why Black Lives Matter, you decided to keep responding, keep refuting and always having a rebuttal. These are the moments where you need to shut up. I really feel bad for the whole cast of Everybody Hates Chris, for everybody that you have worked with and everybody who has loved and appreciated whatever you call your art is over the years. Because right now, the way you're talking, I would not want to be associated with you. And you are dogmatic. And you say that this is the hill that you're going to die on. I am going to die on the hill of saying that black lives matter and that you are an idiot. Okay, yeah, I said that. Okay? Because it makes absolutely no sense. This is exactly why I want to say in episode one of this podcast that I said all I think it was episode two when Yolanda was on here, right? And we were talking about the George Floyd situation. That all of our skin folk are not our kin folk. You are a prime example of that. So trying not to sound trite, you know, and cliche but brother, you need to wake up. And I hope that you stop drinking whatever juice that you're drinking or stop eating whatever it is that you're eating that got got you in this place of believing, right? Because this right here, this right here is not it. So whatever it is, I hope that you snap out of it real fast. And if you can't snap out of it, then just shut up because you are doing so much more damage. And it is these kind of narratives, and I spend way too much time on this, but I'm I'm just going to say this last part and I'll be done. Uh, It is these type of narratives that empower and embolden other white people who do not believe in what we're fighting for. It empowers them to keep saying, oh, yeah, racism doesn't exist and this, this, and the third, because those are the people who are really supporting you. And when you do that kind of language, you are hurting the movement. So while you think you are doing good and you're fighting for Black Lives Matter in this in this silly and ridiculous way that you claim that you're fighting for, what you're really doing is empowering the other side to diminish the work and the progress that we are trying to make. So Terry Cruz. Get yourself together. Saints and friends all over the place. Take him off of your prayer list. Right. Because those are reserved for people who are willing and able to try to get better. This brother needs a whole nother type of intervention. And maybe you keep him on your prayer list because it's only going to take the grace of God to turn him around. Like I am absolutely like fed up with you. Be quiet. You are not helpful in any regard. Speaking of that, <laughs> there was a woman and a man in Martinez, California, who decided just literally less than an hour after the Black Lives Matter mural was painted in the streets right there in Martinez, California. They decided that they were going to get a can, I mean, some of Home Depot's and Lowe's finest interior paint, take it down to the streets and paint over the mural. Now, this is where paint. Painting Patty got it messed up. She came down there in her Old Navy one dollar flip flops, her two little patriotic shirt, her vacation Bible school skirt with interior paint to defame the Black Lives Matter mural. Now, where the woman began to be dumb and all of her doing. (laughs) was that she literally painted within the lines. So dear, not only did you not accomplish what you were trying to accomplish because you only had one can of paint and I don't know what you thought that was going to do. You only really highlighted the words, well attempted to highlight rather, the words Black Lives Matter by just painting it black. If you were going to properly deface something, you would have just painted all over it. You painted inside the lines. This is how dumb y'all people are. When you try, when you go out of your way to be racist, when you go out of your way to be prejudiced, when you go out of your way to do the ridiculous stuff that you do. What sense did that make that you pull your 1990s best choir rehearsal skirt out of the closet to do this? What sense did it make? I mean, you dusted off your good, good styrofoam flip flops and you headed all the way down to Home Depot without a mask to go in the middle of downtown with one can of paint (laughs) to paint within the lines. You did not like while you thought you were attempting to destroy it, And yes, you did damage the work that was done. You really did not defame it because you only highlighted the lettering. You painted inside the lines, fool. (sighs) <sighs> like it makes no sense It it is but they were saying that they were and they were yelling out at some protesters and people who were against it that was there and was saying that racism is a lie there's no such thing as oppression and that they are sick of this narrative and the white guy um the white gentleman i use that word very loosely who was there began to say you know have you heard of the emancipation proclamation brother like sir Telling us, to do your like you do your history and you understand that while the Emancipation Proclamation, it didn't even get to all of the slaves in time enough when it was signed. Let's start there. It was years later to all of the slaves were free. Shout out to Juneteenth. And then once that became a thing, there were so many other things put in place, right, that still held on to these systematic oppressions that bound black people. What don't y'all understand about that? But anyway, they have been charged with a count of violation of civil rights. And if properly convicted, they can face up to a year in jail. That's what you get for being dumb. That's what you get for being unlearned. That's what you get for being ignorant. Do better. Speaking of ignorance, man, this billboard is trashy. <laughs> this week, Kanye West, our long lost, forever lost cousin, um, decided that he was going to run for president. He has chosen Elon Musk to be his head political advisor. He has chosen a very obscure running mate and um, his who's going to be his VP, um, Michelle Tidball. She's a preacher out of Wyoming. We have no idea who that is. He also said in an interview when he announced after he announced that he no longer supports Donald Trump and he revealed, which is not surprising, that he has never voted in his life. Can we pause for the calls right there? We have a candidate who is clearly out of touch with reality, who is clearly unlearned, um, who is clearly just all over the place in the way he thinks. When I say unlearned, not stupid, but literally just ignorant toward policies and politics and things of that nature. And on top of that, he's told doesn't admit it that he's never voted. Why on earth would he think that he's a viable candidate? But who knows what goes on in the mind of Kanye Kanye West. Um, he also said that based on his beliefs, that the White House, the organization of the White House, would be based on the secret country of Wakanda that was portrayed in Black Panther. And if that wasn't crazy enough, y'all ready? He said that he's not running as a Democrat. and He's not running as a Republican. He's running in the birthday party because when he wins and he says he wins at everything that he does. So when he wins, allegedly, according to him, That he's running as the birthday party because when he wins, it's going to be everybody's birthday. When I tell you my head hurts, (laughs) when I tell you there is not enough Advil in the medicine cabinet, I mean, Kanye West. (sighs) Okay. last but not least, um, Jamel Hill. Jameel Hill is a a growing staple in the black community. We love her for being outspoken. We love her, you know, for what she has brought to journalism, particularly through, you know, her former role at ESPN. And now as a writer for the Atlantic, I want to say, and as the host of, you know, Jamel Hill is unbothered her podcast on Spotify. She's great. We love her. You know, she, she, she's one of the people because of Jamel, um, after the NFL, You know notified us that they were going to play the black national anthem at the opening of the games she said that I can't wait until the NFL figures out that nobody knows the second verse of lift every voice and sing Um, excuse me but what I would like you to know is that I went to a HBCU. And I know several people who went to HBCU and I know several people who grew up very, 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 very black. And what does all that have to do with this conversation? What that has to do with this conversation is that um, any HBCU, when you go through all of those orientations and seminars and they teach you the blackest of the black, black, black experience. And part of that is singing the national, the black national anthem. Learning it, having it engrossed. Like, I can go, like, without words, I can give you the second verse. Okay. Stony the road we trod, bitter the chastening rod, felt in the days when hope unborn had died, yet with a steady beat, have not our weary feet. Come to the place for which our father sighed. We have come over a way with the tears that has been watered. We have come treading our path through the blood of the slaughtered, out from the gloomy past. Till now we stand at last where the white gleam of our bright star is cast. Don't play with us. We know the second verse, because that wasn't it. If you want we can go to the third verse. God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, that who has brought us thus far on the way. Come on, don't do that. We know this thing. I don't know what you were trying to do. I don't know if you was trying to be funny, but that tweet wasn't it. That tweet wasn't it. And we're not going to drag you, sis, because maybe you just didn't know. Maybe where you went to school, you know what I'm saying, ain't, they, they didn't put it in y'all mind like that. But from where we're from and the people that I know, we know that second and third verse. So chill out. Get it together. okay we still love you but that wasn't it sis (laughs) that 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 wasn't it all right so that wraps up the billboard uh i'm ready to get into the conversation so you know you know how we do man this week was a tough one as far as what was happening in the streets my t god all right but you know how we do ready to get into the conversation grab your snack grab your favorite drink and let's get ready to head into the virtual living room let's do it y'all What's going on, y'all? And welcome to another segment of The Living Room. Super excited. I have one of my friends, one of my sisters here. We're going to have a really dope conversation. Her name is Vernique Esther. She's a mad celebrity in these Atlanta, D.C., Boston (laughs) streets. But I'm going to let her introduce herself. Go ahead and tell the people who you are, what you do.
1: First of all, lowly as I am, I am (laughs) humbled to be on this here podcast. And we really know who the real celebrity is. But um, I am Vernique Esther. Um, I'm mostly known for being founder and creator of Authentically Wed, which is a platform that helps people, um, be their healthiest and most authentic selves in their relationships from a biblical perspective. So, um, I'm all about building community and helping people do relationships the right way. Um, and so sometimes I run my mouth a little bit and, you know, that can go either way. And sometimes I'm just, you know, super encouraging. And so that's me. And I'm just super excited to be here. It's an honor.
0: Don't we love the self-awareness about this? A yeah, I mean... Difference. She talks too much. I, just... <laughs> I mean,
1: and, and I'm really okay with it. Like, you know what I mean? Somebody has to say it, so why not me?
0: <laughs> no, I, I think it's dope. And I'm glad that you brought up Authentically Weird because today's conversation is all about, like, that grit, that grind from, like, yeah. to the top. And what I've been... I've been pleasured, I would say, to kind of witness it from... Part of this beginning up until now, and it's been beautiful to see and watch and grow and see how God has blown on it, like the amount of favor yeah and blessings that you're walking in. so let's just dive straight into it. What is your mindset behind building a brand in general, like define to us your why
1: Hmm. so- ori- like the 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 what exists currently of a w is nothing like what I thought it was going to be yeah, um originally, for those who have heard the story. Um, I was previously married. I got married to my college sweetheart. And my heart for AW was actually for wives and to help wives kind of take some of the pressure off um, and not feel like there, there is like one way to do this thing mm-hmm. called marriage. Um, and so to, to move them to live authentically. But um, you know, how many of y'all know when you encounter things in life, um, sometimes it causes a shift. And so I, I, after experiencing divorce, I thought that I was going to have to let that go. But God, honestly just repurposed it and made it exactly like what not just I needed, but what other people needed and were missing. And so my why is really like, I really believe that God was going to turn my pain into purpose. And it was really, um, and and because of all that I had gone through, it was really important for me, um, to find the purpose in it. You know what I mean? um for i'm actually a social worker by trade therapist and, and and all that good stuff and we talk about the grief cycle a lot but once one newly added part of the grief cycle you know denial and all that kind of stuff is um finding meaning finding meaning in, in things and so for me my why is like it just had to what i went through had to um bring forth some sort of purpose yeah. and so ultimately i believe that um I and I'm walking in that. And because of, because of my experiences, I'm now able to create safe spaces and environments for people to explore their own relational habits and um, indoctrination and to change some of that or to really stand firm in those things. So
0: let's talk about the parallels between like real life Vernique's journey and then mm. AW's growth. Like, was there any pressure? I, you mentioned it a little bit to like give this thing up, But how did you, Mm -hmm. I guess, overcome that pressure in your personal growth while you saw AW growing kind of in spite of what you've been through?
1: Yeah. So I think that in general, especially when you're talking about Christian context, Mm -hmm. um, when your life doesn't look like as pristine as people want it to look, um, people tend to have a problem with that. I remember... Um, family members telling me, like, basically be quiet, like, do not like you're done. Like you, you just sit down. Like, you ain't got to talk about it. You don't have to say nothing. What about this? What about that? And I was like, I know I have something to say. Like, you will not silence me. And it's so funny because those very same people are the ones who are like, oh, I'm so proud of you. Like, they're blasting my book or they're blasting, you know, my group or whatever the case may be. I think sometimes you have to let people see from the, for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other part is sometimes you have a hard time believing that you have something to say. And sometimes you like, Like I still had, even when I um, went through the rebranding of AW, I still had some healing to do. And I know that like, it's commonly said, especially on um, Facebook and stuff like, you know, shut up and heal or, you know, don't, don't heal till you, I mean, don't speak till you heal or like, um, you know, you're bleeding all over people until if you haven't fully processed. And while I think that a lot of that stuff is true, I do believe that there's a way to process and to heal um, in a mature way. Like I didn't have to bleed over people. I didn't have to, when I, I didn't address things that I wasn't ready to address. I didn't, um, I didn't move forward into things that I was not in a place to move forward into. And even when I did make mistakes, I made sure to like, you know, take my L's in private, um, and allow God to process me. So I think, and hopefully I'm answering your question, but I think sometimes like you have to be okay with, um, building at building from where you are yeah like building from where you are and not allowing people or even your own um insufficiencies or um insecurities tell you not to build or tell you um to do things a particular way like my the only the only blueprint that I had was God and so I, I felt confident moving forward in that and now it is what it is and so I don't feel because AW is it's an extension of me, but it's not me. I don't necessarily put the pressure on myself to, um, I don't know, I guess like overcompensate or to, um, be something that I'm not per se.
0: And that's so good because I think oftentimes, especially in a Christian context, we don't really embrace or fully understand how imposter syndrome can still affect (laughs) us because we like, you know, greatest he that lives in me, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But it's like, but I still feel unqualified. I still feel like I'm not worthy of this. I still feel, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to build something and encourage people to this level. And I'm like, not even achieving that level or, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yo, imposter
1: syndrome is real in these streets. It's so real. And it doesn't matter how like spiritually mature, like there are a lot of people who probably have a certain perception of me, but like I'm constantly looking for and I and you know this is not gonna be the most popular thing to say but I do constantly look for validation and not in a way of like you know like well what do you think like I'm seeking people's approval but like I just want to know that what I'm doing is the right thing yeah you know what I mean and I don't I don't I think that one that that when you stop looking for like when you stop looking even if it's just from God for for ways to make sure that you're doing the right thing you're kind of moving in yourself right Mm -hmm. like That's no longer a a hard posture of humility, but imposter syndrome like is so crippling and even I from time to time like have experiences where I'm like, yo, like you don't, like do you really know what you're talking about? But what'll get me is, and Josh, I know you know this, but like I'll see something that like some major platform does like some relationship center platform does or says or like I, I remember watching a youtube video of like you know five ways to to make sure you heal before you know you get into a relationship and i was like i say this stuff all the time all the and so time. the key to <laughs> like and you'll be mind blown like bro that's it like you just charge x y and z for a session and, and that was how your followers conference. for this bro like what <laughs> like let me let me stop playing let me stop playing but But it just, but moments like that remind me like, yo, you do have something to say and you do know what you're talking about Mm -hmm. and you are not an imposter. And I think sometimes we just have to, um, I have a really, really good support system in that like, they don't ever let me forget that I am called yeah they just don't ever let me forget it and so when I start acting like man I don't know y'all think I could do that like that do you know what it would take do you know how many you know and but they push me to they push me to keep on hitting those targets and so I'm grateful that the validation I seek is is among safe people mm-hmm. if that makes sense and, and of course God
0: right and we are we're gonna dive into like the importance of community a little bit later but mm-hmm. I do think that was worth a pause for the cause um simply because it's just especially like for me a lot of the brand stuff that's associated with me is me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's real hard. Like, I see other podcasters in a similar lane, and I'm just like, man, mm-hmm. they're killing it. They're doing this. Mm-hmm. And I think Friday, I saw somebody bald here. auntie gave me two oh. stars, oh. and I was like, uh um, that's why you ain't got no edges. I just immediately oh, went into dragging that person. And I don't know who they were. I just assumed right. edgeless and ugly because that's the only kind of person. Because that's
1: the only kind of, kind of person. Yeah,
0: that would hate that kind of way. But then Saturday, I refreshed it and the two stars went away. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, God. Maybe they do have edges and they're not. Ugly. Yeah, like but, you know, they don't have edges. But, they,
1: they they fingers fat. Yeah, that's, all, yeah, that that's that
0: was. all it was. But then, like, after I processed it again with my community, it was like, but Josh, one thing also you also have to realize, you're putting content out here, everybody's not going to like it. Yeah. And it, does not, it still does not mean that you're not called. It does not mean that the brand still isn't powerful. It does not mean mm-hmm. that you're not supposed to be doing what you were doing. So all that being said, let me ask you this, and you kind of touched on it, but I want the people to hear the totality of the story, especially people who are building brands. Like, mm-hmm. how did you come up with the original concept? And then take us, like, short story form to how did you rebrand it to what it is now?
1: Okay. So, how did I come up with the original concept? So, um, like I said, I was a newlywed, and I actually had the um, privilege of having like three women in particular, but just women in general um, to kind of like Titus to me. Yeah. So, for those of y'all who aren't familiar, like it, Titus two talks about how you know the old women, the older women in the church, kind of take um, charge of the younger women and kind of teach them their ways, right? Mm-hmm. So this is this is mantle passing and mentorship, and so I had. Three women who were really near and dear to me, um, who, who were sisters to me, who were mothers to me. And they helped to um, even plan my wedding, like down to a T. And I, had, I was able to have those conversations about yeah. all these different things that um, were on my heart as a soon-to-be wife. And so I remember having my, um, my uh, what's it called, bachelorette party. And, you know, bachelorette parties, you don't be turning up and all this kind of stuff y'all it turned into like like a deliverance session or something like we everybody was sitting in a circle and Where people just had questions it was <laughs> it was just so i'm i'm exaggerating but it really like we everybody was sitting in a circle yeah. and they started asking questions to some of the the older women um who were present about just marriage about sex about um their relationship with me some people were like well how do i continue to be her friend now and so just all these questions and it made me realize like yo, like people don't have access to these types of conversations or they don't have access to communities to teach them um, what womanhood or wifehood is about. So I ended up um, just having a moment as, as I was a newlywed where the Lord, um, I I felt like I was kind of losing my identity. I went from being in college and being active in a whole bunch of organizations, doing all this stuff to being a, a new wife, a new graduate student, and I was leader in leadership at my church. My life revolved around those three things, and I was starting to lose me. So I was, I prayed, and I was like, Lord, what can I have that's just me and you? What can we do together? Mm. And I heard the Lord say the word authentic, and I prayed into it, and before the end of that day, um, Authentically Well was born, it was just about like teaching women how to be the wife that your family needs and not the one that people have told you you should be. And so that's how that came about. And so Fast forward into um, uh, finding out my uh, husband at the time was having an affair. Then we ended up experiencing divorce, and I was like, "Well, imposter syndrome right kicks in, and like God, like, don't nobody want to listen to me? Like, I failed. How can mm-hmm. I talk about marriage? Nobody wants to hear a, a woman who's experienced divorce talk about marriage. So let's just shut it down. I was going to silently back away from my platform because it was just a blog, and, and I was going active on Instagram at the time. Um, I'll just you know slowly slip away. And God was like, "No, ma'am." absolutely not. I have something else. And so, um, I remember just the Lord telling me like, um, who was it? Uh, Moses, you know, look, look, look in your hands, look at what I placed in your hand. Um, and, and once I did that, I realized like I had something bigger. And so I just prayed and, and God was just showing me like, this is about people being authentic in their relationships first with me. Yeah. And then, and then everywhere else. Um, and it's just, so the, the literal, so that's the spiritual side of it, but the actual process of rebranding, um, looked like one, having like an actual vision. Like having an actual vision, an actual plan. So many of us, I think, come into stuff really willy nilly, like we kind of fall into it. And though it may, though it may kind of start off that way, you don't want to continue that way or else you will constantly just keep falling into things like Mm -hmm. we eventually need, and I'm not talking about a business plan, but you need like, what is this? Why does it exist? And what about it is so compelling that I'm going to continue to do it? Mm -hmm. Because we start stuff that we don't finish. Um, And then the next step after that for me was to validate my idea, like talking to people. Do you think this is necessary? What do you think about this? Like, what about that? You know, kind of like shopping your idea and then um, actually putting your money where your mouth is, investing in things like a website. I don't trust nobody without a website. Okay, um, <laughs> or or like a whack website. Like my website's not like amazing, but it's pretty decent. And like I've seen some people's websites I've been clicked out of just because of that. But you know, like buying real domain names, um, mm-hmm. getting real graphic designers to do your stuff, really setting it up. And so, but even in having that, you still need a vision for what you're doing. Which is like, what does that look like? What feeling do you want people to have when they right. encounter your brand? Um, what what uh I don't know. Who's your who's your target audience? I really thought that it was all women. I really thought that mine were millennial age women. Then I had an event, Pillow Talk, which Josh was a part of the second one that we did. Um, But it's a panel discussion. After that first one, men started flooding the group. And now I have a platform for um, 20. My my demographic is 24 to 34, 24 to 35 year old men and women. Mm -hmm. That's my demographic. But you have to know that kind of stuff. Um, first, you know, you, you got to do some of that research and then, um, what else would I say? Like having, having the appropriate formatting for what you want to do. So I know that, you know, my lane is building community and, um, and having events and things like that, just finding your lane in your niche, um, or finding your lane in your, in your pocket. So I would say that's kind of the journey to, to building a brand. I'm not like a brand expert at all, but I've also invested in help, right? Like right now I have a coach. Um, I've invested in groups that, you know, I I work in or I've taken courses or whatever the case may be. And so I I if you're not if it's not burning enough for you to want to invest in, I just wouldn't do it. Like I would. There is there is hundreds of thousands of dollars that I have invested in this because I believe in it. If it was anything else, I would have let it go. So so knowing like what you're being willing to go the distance with whatever it is that you're building.
0: And that's so good because so many people, like I'm, I'm nobody's brand expert either. Yeah, <laughs> you know, a, a lot of it is trial and error. But at the same time, a lot of the people just they do stuff backwards.
1: Like mm-hmm. they get a vision
0: one day and then they got this eight hundred dollar website or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's like, but baby, where's your product? What's your service? Mm-hmm. What is your idea? Mm-hmm. like? What is your idea? It reminds me of insecure when. Mm-hmm. You- Issa was trying to put on this block party, and at the end, Kelly was like, because, girl, I didn't know what you was doing. Like, right. you, you just let us know that like, even your closest friends had a hard time figuring out what the heck it was you were trying to do. And yeah. thankfully, she did it. But that speaks to the concept of, like, being able to adequately articulate what it is Mm -hmm. you're trying to do, you want to accomplish, who you're trying to get. You know what I'm saying? Because Mm -hmm. that stuff matters. And if you're wondering why nobody's buying the shirts or nobody's looking at your Mm life, nobody's joining your group, it's probably because we're having a hard time trying to identify Mm -hmm. what it is you're trying to draw us into.
1: Facts. And... Like, maybe your message is confusing. Maybe you're not talking to the right audience. Right. Like, it's a myriad of things, but if you don't really take the time to figure it out, and again, like, you bump your your head a few times. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to get it perfect the first time, but you have to at least have, like, a, an inkling of an idea mm-hmm. of where you're going and what you're talking about. Like, what is your stance? There are things that people know me for, um, that they pull me in for, things that, like, when there's a particular topic, I know I can tag Josh because he's going to know what, what they're talking about when it comes to, like, Black culture and, and the, the Black experience in the church, like, things like that. And so what is it that you want to be known for? What is it that you're willing to study enough to be known for? Um, That way your messaging is clear. Come on.
0: <laughs> Come on, because the saints ain't studying Ain't nobody right. out here. They ain't here. And I think another beautiful thing about your story, too, is that as you continue to grow, whatever your brand is, and as God continues to position you to be okay with your tar- target audience being different than what you envision.
1: Yes. Because I yeah. think so many
0: of us want to go after the millennials and Gen Z and all those other kinds mm-hmm. of things. Like, ooh, ooh, ooh. But what mm-hmm. if there's a whole pocket of senior citizens?
1: Yes. Like,
0: you, have, you know what I'm saying? And you have to be okay with, like, and here's the burning question that may cut a few people deep. Will I throw away my God-given vision because it doesn't serve what my flesh
1: wants to fulfill? Mm, that's it. You know what I'm saying? And it's I like, thought because, I was going to do it the glamorous way, right. but God wants me to be in the trenches with you Exactly.
0: And, and it doesn't mean that at some point it won't get glamorous. What it does mm-hmm. mean is just may not be, like, the idea
1: that you had. You know what I'm but, saying? But why, why do we even care? Like, why does it even matter whether or not it eventually gets glamorous you know what i mean like i think sometimes we get sore, and this even down to to relationships <laughs> right we'd be like well you know like the way that most people encourage singles is to be like you know you the way is gonna be over soon like but what if it doesn't what if you're pa- like what if, what if
0: <laughs> like what if what
1: if god literally never does it are you going to be frustrated your whole life or is your is your mindset like not my will but yours be done god Mm -hmm. Like, is it, if it never gets glamorous, but it's all to the glory of God, is it enough? Or did you want to build a brand in your name?
0: That's good. That's good. and I think so many people especially outside of a Christian context really struggle with that because they want yeah. it to be big and we invest all of the dollars in mm-hmm. Facebook ads, and Instagram ads and mm-hmm. connecting with that person, connecting with this person you know, I, I don't believe you know, I've heard several people say it, Jen Trotter a couple of other podcasters, God is not going to play you, yeah, so yeah. I don't believe anything that you are really called to do whether you believe in a calling or a yeah. purpose or whatever you call it you're, 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 I just heard my therapist say your derma all my Buddhist people out there like all of that <laughs> whatever it is you your language you know what I'm saying I don't believe that you will get played if you are yeah. sincerely fulfilling what you called and destined and ordained
1: yeah that's live. synergy right like yes. when you move in the in the direction of of like where you're supposed to be mm-hmm. like everything just flows and it fits Um, just don't fight against it is the thing. Just because it does not discount
0: work, listeners. Like just (laughs) flowing, don't mean that we can't do our the stuff we need to do. So what are some like what are some mistakes that you wish you could have avoided? Speaking of work. Mm. Like mistakes make us, but what's some you like? You know what? I didn't have to do that one
1: though. Ooh, okay. (laughs) So this back in August, I had I had my first school talk event. Um April 27, 2019. The group launched May 28th. And we did, you remember this because you were a part of it, um, Breaking Barriers Challenge mm-hmm. in July. It was supposed to be in June, but I ended up getting a and we did it in July. So I'm like high off of like all these cool things. The group was only like maybe two, three hundred people at that point. And so I got so like caught up in myself that I thought I was gonna pull off a whole conference. <laughs> 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 and and to, to be honest i think that there was still some purpose in that because it made me a more astute um event planner yeah. but child i spent so much time and energy do you understand not one single solitary ticket was sold wow. not one and the whole purpose of the conference was to help women who had experienced relational trauma but i think what happened was i was moving quicker than um quicker than i guess you could say my reputation like Though I was passionate about that, nobody knew me for that yet. I guarantee you now, that if I did the good. same thing, <laughs> say that part exactly. That. <laughs> just because just because you are passionate about something does not mean that people know that you know what you're talking about in that yes. area. Yet. They don't know, and so nobody's going to invest their money and their time, especially for a two day conference um, tab, to, to 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 be with you, and they're not even really sure if you know what you're talking about. It had only been a few months that I, since I had... I mean, at that point, it had been... Um, I had come out about everything in about February. That that was going to be in August. So it had been about eight months. But eight mm-hmm. months, like, I, I wasn't, like, speaking every single day about how to overcome relational trauma. Yeah. Nobody had real proof of my life that I had even overcome relational trauma at that point. And so um, I, I, I ended up having to, um, like after booking people, after getting a venue, after doing all these things, getting graphic design and everything, I had to cancel it. Um, and it's funny because I ended up doing another event in its place because I had already had the time and like all these different things. And I sold tickets like that. It ended up just being like kind of a cool kickback event for the group. And I sold tickets easily. It was like two weeks to spare. Yeah. And so it just goes to show you like, you can have the vision like God may have truly given me that vision, but it didn't mean that it was for right now. And so one thing that I am learning is to um, have vision, but allow God to give me the timing. Um, and then one thing that I'm learning in this year in general, because um, I just had a birthday and so I was kind of seeking God and, and like wondering, like, OK, Lord, well, what do you have for me this year? And one thing that God is pointing out to me in this season is pace. I am a quick mover like Mm -hmm. I I'm like oh we we going let's go oh another event like I in the span of of less than a year I had one two three four events three of which were like like legit events and so like I I I cannot keep that up and so one thing I felt like Laura was telling me was that like you accomplished a lot in a little bit of time but now you're going to do more with less like you have to like scale back sometimes and so that's another mistake is um so moving quicker than the vision um m- m- like moving into things before people really know who you are mm-hmm. and, and i think that that's like a huge thing like that is huge... If, if nobody knows what you bring to the table they're not going to put money on your table like that's period Facts. so and then like just pacing yourself like if this is really a marathon like where are we running to You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I have goals. Do I want to be a millionaire? Sure. But like, I don't have to run there. Mm -hmm. I don't, I can do it in the pace that makes sense for me and stay in my own lane. Um, and so those are, those are some of the mistakes that I've made that I've really learned from. And, you know, I can laugh about now. It hurts to have to cancel, man, my tail was between my legs having to tell people like, Oh, the events canceled. I didn't sell a ticket. So, you know, but, you know, you live and you learn. And now, like my community is is thriving and, and larger than it's been. And if COVID wasn't hater, wasn't a hater, like we would have, um, we would have had another event by now. But.
0: Listen, and and I think what's what's so beautiful about that too is that it just gives language to people who are trying to be a jack of all trades and a master. Mm. And like for me, like people, like my my personal community knows that. You Know, I'll brag a little bit. I I throw down in somebody's kitchen, okay? I okay, cook, cook. like cook, cook, but I'm not gonna get on Facebook Live, and be like, All right, dinner time with Josh Rogers. It's probably gonna be uh-huh. and the three is uh-huh. gonna be nosy because they uh-huh. know what I'm saying, but like, that's <laughs> not what I'm known for. Like, mm-hmm. I cook, and I'm not gonna like you ask me, yeah, you may get an answer, but again, that's not what I'm so I'm not gonna put out a cookbook, I'm not gonna do mm-hmm. it because mostly my cookies come from the ancestors anyway. I don't have recipes. hey, you come know, on, when, when, Harriet, when did you say stop? Sprinkling, uh-huh. uh huh, right there, right, right there. there. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> like, even, like, even when I, uh, like my grandma gave me a sweet potato pie recipe, and she didn't write stuff down. She said, "Baby, you need a one fourth of a half a table." I said, "Grandma, I have no uh-uh. idea." how to measure Uh, that. What is one-fourth of a half a tablespoon? But (laughs) I say all that to say to your point, like, you're right. We have to lean into what we're known for, what we're good at. And if we want to be known and good at something, we need to start presenting that. We need Mm -hmm. to start, you know, putting ourselves Mm -hmm. in spaces where people can recognize us for those gifts, for those, trains of thought like you said like if there are certain things i want people to talk about i'm tagging that person i'm yeah asking this person i'm bouncing yep. ideas off that person not because i think any less of myself but i know that they mm-hmm. are a subject matter expert so to yeah
1: speak. Ooh. can we can we talk about though like even if you are multi-gifted go there if you are multi-gifted or you're multi-passionate you that still doesn't mean you have to do everything at the same. time. Exactly. Not everything that is um, good is beneficial. Right. Paul said. Mm-hmm. And so just because you can doesn't mean that you should. That's mm-hmm. a huge lesson I've had to learn. I can do a lot, yeah, but it's, it's not it's not prudent. It's not wise. It's not the appropriate timing. And this is one thing my coach has been working on me with. Is like you need to focus on one thing. What is that one thing going to be? Mm-hmm. what is it going to be and you have to choose because what happens is when you can sharpen yourself in an area you become like you said a subject matter expert and nobody's paying for somebody who's like a, a subject matter, eh. like, a mm-hmm. subject matter like a subject matter kind of like a subject matter enthusiast like nobody cares like that's not that's not right. helpful you need to be an expert and then when you're done in that area you maybe you're a you're a um, you're called to be a um, uh, what's it called like to have multiple businesses. Mm-hmm. Like if you're called to do that, you have to finish one thing at a time. Like you can try and put your hands in so many different places, but you're going to have to hire a lot of help. You're going to have to have like a, like a solid plan. But when you build well in one area, you can then move on to the next. And so I think that's another really important thing for people who are multi-passionate. Like you don't have to do it all at once. Time is not going to slip away from you um, because at the end of the day, as long as you have is as long as you have anyway. So God is going to either make it make sense for the time or you just weren't supposed to do it in the first place.
0: And I honestly believe too that even the people who are multi-gifted, multi-passionate is that some way, somehow, those different areas have a, a, a connecting line.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: you know, like right now I have a fitness group and then I do like my black culture, faith-based uh-huh. stuff. But like my fitness group is really about encouraging black folk. <laughs> right. And we folks. and we are
1: like that too. You we know talk what about the
0: culture. Yeah, we talk about the culture and you know what I'm saying so they they're going to mix they're going to merge in some way or the other but uh, but still for me I'm not producing the fitness group doing like all the stuff I do with like jigsaw and stuff and then I'm going to go out here and do you know what I'm saying? A, a, a cooking network, then I'm gonna yeah. go do a home improvement thing just because i right. to clean out all the houses during Corona. God, I hate Corona. That woman has
1: <laughs> worked you up
0: and worked me, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I'm no handyman, I've been forced to fix stuff because, yeah. like, my role as husband. But, like, you know what I'm saying? But to your point, I still believe that you do build one thing, and even as you're building the next, there's going because it's you are. You are the connecting factor. So yeah. if you are not present in everything, then there's like there's 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 something not right. Yeah, talk about what you're building. Like if your presence, your your scent, your your stamp, yeah. you know isn't on it, some ain't right. Some ain't right. It. Yeah, some ain't right about it. So like let's 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 dive into that because we we've tapped it a little bit. I know I know you said you have a team, but talk about how did you build the team? How did you know the team that you have now was the right group of people for you?
1: Yeah. So two things like one was seeing like I think like God highlighted people to me. Mm-hmm. But the way on a more practical end and the way that they were highlighted to me was how they engage with um, with my with my platform. So what you wouldn't if you had a baby and you're a father, I, I'm, I'm not a mom yet, but you have a child. I'm sure with your first child, you did not let everybody hold him. Mm hmm. You were like, um, I'm sorry, did you wash your hands? Actually, no, we're not passing the baby right now. You know, whatever the case may be, you have to be careful of who you put your baby in the hands of. And I was, and I, I think when I was um, a little newer to this process, especially when I had like less eyes on me, it was, I might have been a little bit more naive, okay. but. Um, by the grace of God, and I I don't mind talking about that too, but by the grace of God, I've been able to find people who love a W almost as much as I do. And that is huge Mm. because nobody has to, nobody has to walk alongside you. Nobody has to support you. Like I don't take it for granted. And so finding people who, who engaged with my platform, who shared my platform, who, um, were just trusted, um, and not just like in the sense of like, they were just, um, eating of it. Because even though that's engagement, that's not necessarily a sign of, of leadership per se, yeah. but people who were invested in it in such a way that they led conversations um, to the point where I remember that's how I got one of my team members was like, yo, like, I love the way that you lead conversations. I love your perspective. Would you, you know, mind being on the team? And that's how they got on. And so that, that for me is a big thing. Like, how do you treat my baby? Mm -hmm. how do you engage um and then the other thing is just being like really wise about who you have around you we've lost team members um some from their own like desires not because of anything wrong but like yo i don't really i don't have the capability and that's another thing you know having finding people who have the capability to carry what it is that you have birthed um but like some some people are gone because like they just weren't a good fit anymore. And be, having to be OK with that, being OK with when things no longer fit or when people start to mistreat your baby. Um, mm-hmm. But for the most part, I've been blessed to have people like who I trust and who um, have continually treated um, what I do well. But I think the, the thing that's really missing from this conversation um, and, and what I think people don't tell the truth about is. <laughs> Like, you have to have something that people want to support. F- facts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I knew they got quiet, y'all, in the living room, but Jesus <laughs> Christ, that is so true. Nigga, mm, people, uh, out- <laughs> people, people out here begging for teens. For, for visions that ain't even like for visions that's not clear for visions that's not attractive, like all
1: type of stuff, you know. And I, I I'm. You <laughs> let you <talk> about it. <laughs> no, you know this reminds me of like your favorite, your most iconic line that I'll never let you forget that you have said. It's hard to, what is it? It's hard to. um. It's pl-
0: hard to be hard to get when you're already hard to want. <laughs> That's, the <laughs> That's the one.
1: That's the one. You can't be hard to get when you're already hard to want. Like, y'all crying? No, I didn't want to go here. See, this is the wrong podcast. Like it's the right podcast. Is it... <laughs> but that's the thing yo like I see people who are like yo don't nobody support me don't nobody like y'all would rather just want this or y'all rather and I and I get that that's a real struggle for a lot of entrepreneurs sometimes even for myself um I guess but like I've not I've not that's not been my testimony because i really feel like i am and it's not because of me it's because that i i'm walking in something that god has given me and when god gives you something he also gives you like the the ability like the the word talks about how he's giving me the will and the ability to do what pleases him and so if he's given it to me he's also going to make provision for it whether it's whether it's financially whether it's in the way of support whether it's in the way of um building an audience or 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 just having leaders and and just putting people in your path and i have not been short of people in my path i've not been short of favor and so i have to i have to ask that if you are in a position where you feel fully unsupported you either have the you have to you have the wrong friends or you have the wrong vision that it's one or the other
0: it's one and if it's the
1: wrong vision be okay with going back to the drawing board but you cannot blame people for not supporting something that they're not attracted to
0: and ask yourself, would you t- turn around in the mirror Boy, and well, look well, at your well. stuff and be like, would I support this?
1: Listen, Would I
0: don't, don't look at your neighbor. Look at you. Right. Look at you. Would I go, would I listen to this? Like, I don't think people, even with this podcast, when it drops on Thursdays, I listen to it. I probably yeah. said this thing three or four times. Do the yeah. Process, all that kind of stuff. And then even on Thursdays, I'm going back. You know, so not just to critique, but to make sure, is this engaging? Is this something that mm-hmm. I want to listen to? Because I want to push this content to other people. And even because to- you have a spirit of excellence. Exactly. And even taking it a step further, this is an interview-based pod. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, when we talk about support, I have not come short of booking people all the way through, like, August, almost September. Wow guests and it's because I really feel like God has given me something that people need that they mm-hmm. want, they desire you know what I'm saying and I'm able to find a level of support for people to not just jump on the podcast but to listen so you're absolutely yeah. right if you're not finding a level of support and 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 it's true, all of your support will not come from your closest family and friends. it won't, I've, I've seen that that's another uh, you thing people need saying? to let go of I've seen, Stop like, my, these my people. mama gonna support everything because mama just right. do it right, my mama but I also have some friends who Like multiple things that I've done who I expected to show up in spaces and they didn't. But just because they didn't, didn't mean that I didn't have support. I just had Mm -hmm. to snap out of the false reality of it got to be them.
1: It's got it got yes. I, it's Why do we hold hard. people hostage? Like exactly, that? you know.
0: And it doesn't affect like when I was really immature. It kind of affected how I yeah. saw them. But I'm like, but maybe
1: this just doesn't serve them. Yeah, <laughs> and that's okay. Do they love you? Do they right. have they Ever have they abandoned you? Have they forsaken you? Like exactly. you? And that's the thing. Yes, again, my brand is an extension of me, but it's not me. If if I can call them and they, they have a word for me or they have a prayer for me, it does not negate my relationship with them when they don't show up to my event or whatever. Do I want them to? Sure. Do my Absolutely. friends do that? Absolutely. But there's some people who are like who are not even in AW right now. Like and but they still love me and I don't feel any less about them. And we have to stop holding people hostage to our expectations of them, whether or not they can fulfill it.
0: Mm hmm. Now I do think we do need to have friends who do encourage and support us. Yeah. But yeah. on the same token, you like to you to, to what you said, we can't expect them to be the only givers, the only supporters, the only people who are financing the vision and all. Exactly. The, it's, it's an unfair expectation. It but is. But I yeah. do think, like as pause for the calls of friendship, I am not telling you to be out here having bad friends
1: who do not no. support
0: you, who do Absolutely not come not. to at least one event. You know what I'm saying? Like at some point, yeah. I need your face in the place. I need your support. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, your
1: I, I will. No, but somewhere. for real. I, I, I think that I come from my, my friend, one of my friends, we were talking about this in another group we're in. She was like, you know, maybe I'm coming from a place of like privilege in that sense. And I think maybe it can be a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Because I have it, I don't necessarily feel like, like, oh, well, what's the big deal? Like, <laughs> and there's right. really people out here really grinding. But but my, my the point is, like everybody is not going to do it. Yeah. Every and to ha- to want everybody to do it, and to put wedges, especially if they are a solid friend. Other than that, like mm-hmm. you know, there's room for grace there. Like, are you still making your money? If your money is dependent on these, your two friends who didn't buy your two twenty dollars shirts, like you don't really have a business. So you have to evaluate. Yeah. No. <laughs> you have to evaluate. Like that's only forty dollars worth. Yeah, it's only forty. And yeah, you
0: probably made thirty
1: after. You know. Yeah, <laughs> it just, it costs money to do stuff. People right.
0: should get that. Yeah, no, so, I definitely. Yeah. No, I, I definitely <laughs> agree. And I and I've I've grown to learn that, that there's some friends that now I just don't expect them to do certain things. Yeah, like, I would love them to. You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and it's great if they do, but low key, you know what I'm saying, I don't. But at the same time, that doesn't mean they don't support because they are. Yeah. If, if they didn't buy a shirt, I've seen them repost it. I've yep. seen them ask me about it, or you know what I'm saying. Like, and there are so many different ways that even as us can support um, other business owners, other entrepreneurs, other brand ambassadors, and influencers. So, yeah. Let's so go into that. Issa Ray, shout out to Issa. The second time <clears> she said <throat> something beautiful in the interview a few years ago about networking um, yeah across yes networking across like let's talk about that how has that level of network in your community helped you build what you built
1: Man, that's everything. I don't even think I know enough people above me yet (laughs) to network up. I know a couple, but most of my networking, most of the reason why my platform has grown has been because of networking across Um, or beside, I forget exactly what she used, but I like across. It sounds good. Um, Like for instance, this is a, this is a a perfect like example, like mine, your relationship, like we bounce ideas off of each other. We support Mm -hmm. one another. I literally give you money. You come to my events. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm in your workouts. You come to my events or you're a part of it. And, like, for, we, share, we share audiences. We share insight. We share wisdom. And so, yeah. for me, like, the most powerful um, connections have been across they have been the people across or maybe some people who are a little bit ahead of me or sometimes people who may not quite be where I am at where I'm at yet but they have resources yeah. you know and I and I have no problem I'm a huge proponent of like sharing um my platform sharing my space um as much as I can right because I think sometimes it can be overly expensive like I have I've had people I've had to look at kind of sideways like I'm sorry you abuse to your what it? yeah come on now you want me to post you you and your new soccer team in aw like that's not even that don't even make sense like you got to think about what you're asking for but mm-hmm. um but for the most part like i've i've shared people's new books or i've shared um even on my personal page like yo y'all check this out like this is my sis this is my bro or i'll have a whole thing of you know these are a bunch of black-owned businesses that i i, I rock with so um networking across has been a pivotal thing for me um mm-hmm. in growing my platform and, and growing in business like even as a business woman which was really hard for me to accept before um because I'm a social worker so everything my my coaches would tell me like I treat everything like it's a nonprofit and that's not how you make money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so but even in like my development and my growth um as an entrepreneur it has been through the connections that I've made um to people who were at eye level with me
0: so who who would you say if you can only pick i'm gonna give you more options than i give most people too
1: because
0: <laughs> i only give people one um who are your top two like influencers who like motivate you and inspire you
1: oh man jennifer tried her hands down
0: she's so dope. shout hands out to jen down. who was on the podcast jen jen she was <laughs> on last
1: time right yeah um, yeah, Jennifer Trotter, because our content is, um, like, we're both in kind of the relationship space. She's specific yeah. to, like, singles, especially single women. Um, but, like, she motivates me to keep putting out dope content. I um, mean, not just in a fluffy way, like, but in a way that is really, um, like, it makes sense you know what i mean like and make sure that you're doing it from an authentic place and and from a place of like that you know jesus you know some people Mm -hmm. people put out a lot of stuff these days like just anything um who would be the second one that really really pushes me probably honestly my coach like kay um kay hillman that girl is so dope we went to college together and um she is a photographer but she's also a business coach and, and like she helps with um like helping you get started or pushing you to the next level and like for me what drives what drives me about her is like she's a mom now she she didn't start off um as a mom but she's a mom now and like her content is on point she is so organized she's so like and it's just she stays in her lane. She knows how to stay in her lane. Yeah. So I think those are the people that I admire, like people who really like you know what they stand for. It's so acute. They have a really acute vision. Um, and, and that's the other thing. Like a le- lesson, I guess, is like everything doesn't have to be so obtuse. Like if you you can't be so wide that nobody knows where you stand, which we've talked about. So, um, yeah, that and the, and her and Jen Trotter.
0: That's what's up. That is what's up. So as there as, as we knock it out, knock out this conversation and kind of bring it to a close, what is some final words of wisdom or advice that you would give somebody who's hoping to launch a business or build a brand?
1: Final words of advice. Well, I have, like, so many now. Um, I think, like, being okay with doing it the way you need to do it. Like your process is not going to look like everybody else's. Yeah. People may not see the vision at first. Um, they may not understand it. But if you are solid in it, that's what matters. And and with that comes a bunch of little caveats of like, do you know your purpose? Mm-hmm. Do you know your why? Has God given you this vision if you're of a Christian orientation? Um, like, ha- do, are, is this sustainable for you? Once you can answer some of those now questions, that be okay. Is a whole conversation. <laughs> yeah, is it, it is. Sustainable? Like, is it sustainable? And if it's not, like, it may not be the time because when yeah. you when rubber meets the road, you're gonna be wanting to jump shit. So, um, knowing like what is sustainable for you, what do you have the capacity for? Um, and but once you're able to do that, being okay with what the process looks like from there on. Um, comparison is definitely a thief of joy and and you, if you're the way that you combat comparison is to know that you are exactly where you need to be.
0: That's beautiful. One thing you, you made me think about something before we close it all the way out is that, um, one thing that I've been learning is that the, I found the, the second thief of joy and that is hyperactivity.
1: <gasps> so I gotta many. go. Got to go. <laughs> <laughs> because, so many my, times, now.
0: because so many times we can get so caught up in building it. Ooh, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, that we mm. never take the time to sit and rest and enjoy all the works that our hands have produced. It's like if I'm mm. consistently looking for the next thing to mm. be, when am I go- if I'm like building a thousand houses, when am I gonna be able to sit in my house?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, Corona has, while it has been a bald headed slut, what it, has also, <laughs> right. what it has also taught me um through a layoff and many other things is that i was so busy that i was not in, i was missing moments with my children
1: mm-hmm. i was missing moments with
0: my wife i was like i can tell you right now this podcast would not have been birth if i was yep yeah i can almost guarantee it and now what's crazy is that after because josh rogers is employable i say that hello you know what i'm saying so there have been it's been radio silent. i've been ghosted by companies mm-hmm. same been now, there coming in a space where now that everything is kind of going and flowing, people are calling, Mm. emails and I feel like, you know you don't have to believe it, but I believe in my father, you know what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. I believe God gave me a space through tragedy through a lesson to be able to slow it down launch what I need you to launch do what I need you to do, and then let's figure out how we can manage it all Yeah, so I really think we gotta learn how to manage, even in our building a brand and stuff, like Do the checklist, have the content calendar to do everything, but find spaces within that. We're going to talk about this in our next segment where you Mm -hmm. can do self-care, where you can rest and enjoy
1: the fruit of your labor. Make rest a part of your business plan. Yes. Make it like you, I'm telling you, like, you don't want to end up like me, having panic attack. Like, it's so important. Like, rest is a pivotal um, part of your journey. Again, like, you cannot win this race without pace. Mm -hmm. You can't.
0: Yep. So thank you so much for joining us. Before, but before, of course. Before we officially close, tell the people anything you got coming up next that you can share and how they can follow you.
1: Yeah. So you can follow me at Authentically Wed. Um, that's A-U-T-H-E-N-T-I-C-A-L-L-Y-W-E-D. Um, that's on, on Instagram. But we also have a Facebook group with almost like 30 3,700 or so folks um, where we just talk about relationships and we cut up. But we also learn a lot. Um, I actually, if I have to be one hundred percent honest, I don't know if I have anything coming up. But I did um release a book in the middle of the pandemic. Had a whole virtual book launch. I
0: had a whole book and
1: up. it was lit. So um, <laughs> everything. <laughs> um, so if you or somebody that you know has um experienced relational trauma, um, even divorce, please grab my book. It's called When Seasons Change. I'm a divorce recovery interactive devotional. But seriously, if you've encountered any type of relational brokenness that has kept you from um, being healthy in your in your um, future and in your relationships like please grab my book it's amazing um when seasons change you can get that um from barnes and noble as a matter of fact that's actually an exclusive like i got into barnes and noble like what um so you can go to barnes and noble you can type my name bernique esther lmsw um, which is my credentials but um, you can find it there um, or type in When Seasons Change A uh, Divorce Recovery Interactive Devotional. So um, you can find it there or on my website. But please, please, please join the group.
0: And let me tell you this. I'm just going to speak as a brother. If you can't spell authentically, she ain't for you. All right? Listen. So, Period, Pooh! We going to wrap this up and go to our next segment that we like to call I Am My Brother and My Sister's Keeper. Let's go,
1: y'all. Woo! <laughs> Oosa. And Oosa.
0: all right y'all thank you for joining us for another segment of the living room you know how we do it we're going to talk about what we're doing for self-care this weekend i'm gonna always throw it to my guests first Vernique, tell the people what are you doing for black woman self-care
1: first of all you put me on the spot because now that means that i should be actually self-caring and i shouldn't be able to hurt. um yep, yep. I, <laughs> I really like, so thanks to you, of course, um, I really been on my fitness journey and, and really trying to make sure. And so I'm definitely going to work out cause I feel my best when I do that. I'm going to sleep cause I've been lacking in that area. Um, but I think if I'm on the spot, um, that I will, I'm going to go to a park and take a walk. I'll take do that.
0: Walk? That is relaxing. That is it. I think for me this weekend, I'm going to. It may not sound like self-care, but I'm, I'm going to like probably dedicate the weekend to working out.
1: Yeah. Um, think, well, that I sounds think, terrible. What no, is it, no.
0: <laughs> no, it is self-care because like the gyms have been closed. Where I have been able to like lift. I've been doing a lot of cardio. So I want to like take and I've like invested in some weights and stuff. So I want to take the opportunity to, you know, just kind of lift, build that strength back up and get back into that place Um, of summer may have been canceled, but my summer body ain't canceled. So I'm going to get back into the space where I'm lifting and and, um, building up some strength. So I'll I'll see how well I do with it, but um, that's the plan. But that's what's up. You deserve Take your walk, get your rest, take your nap. Yes. Okay. And actually do. do it. Don't just tell us.
1: Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> do it. All right, y'all. So, we're about to get ready to wrap up this podcast. We're going to go through our final segment. You know how we do it a greater conversation. Let's go. Bruh, let me talk. Let me talk. So, contrary to popular belief and contrary to our ridiculously dumb president, COVID-19 is not going anywhere. In fact, it's getting worse. People are dying. Um, cases have spiked up. Atlanta's mayor, the celebrity mayor herself, Keisha Lance Bottom, has tested positive for COVID-19. She got big corona. She's asymptomatic. And, you know, it is cases like hers that makes it scary Because if she never would have gotten tested, she could have continued working and doing press conferences and whatever she was doing, being a carrier and not knowing. All right. So this is kind of a encouragement for people to go get tested, even if you don't feel any symptoms. And even if you do feel something, it could be very well that you do not have it, but it could be the case that you do and you don't know when you're or you're writing it off as sinuses and allergies and and all those things are happening too. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, with so many unknowns, we just have to take extra precautions and make sure that we're doing everything that we're supposed to do to decrease the chance of spreading this virus that has no cure, that has no vaccine and things like that. Why did I give that preface? Well, because this past weekend in Atlanta, Georgia, A bunch of Negroes decided to get together at club compound and construct and erect a pool in the middle of the club. Invited these same set of Negroes to come in and party like it was 1999, as if nothing was. I mean, they were in full g-string bikinis. They was in full um, swim shorts, and I mean, just twerking and dancing. And I heard somebody say today on another podcast I was listening to. Um, clothes burning because they was in there hunching like for real y'all was in there making corona juice i mean bodily fluids everywhere you know you know some folks are nasty i'm sure somebody peed in that pool it was a club so there was drinks that probably spilled in the pool are y'all have you lost your minds it is the people like you First of all, let's talk about the club owners who decided to open up the club. Number one, although clubs have been opened in Georgia, but you decided to open up. OK, you, you know, the governor, the ignorant governor allows you to do that. You did that. You're trying to make money because one of the most famous clubs and lounges in Atlanta, Mothers, has shut down because they couldn't recover from, you know, the financial effect of being shut down. So I get it. You may have done it for a financial reason. Be that as it may, you opened up. But not only did you open up and, you know, and you said you know, you didn't just implement social distancing standards and things like that. You decided to not only have your club open have regular operating standards. And on top of that, you took it to another level and said, you know, we're going to have a whole pool party inside of the club. And you thought that was a good idea. You did that. And then you invited people knowing that it was the holiday weekend, their inhibitions were, you know, they were just ready to go and to do. And they took full advantage. So let's secondly talk about the fools who went. You got on your best Route 21, Forever 21, all the 21s fashion over best your boohoo man best your h&m your asos best swimwear summerwear strolled your butt down there in atlanta to the club with your flip-flops and your sandals and your heels and whatever you had on basically butt naked in a pool of water in sweat and alcohol and rubbed and gyrated on each other in a pool a pool that actually did not have like the filter and the, you know, the stuff that kind of rotates the water in and out. It's just a filled up pool. So you just rotate nasty water, just circulate and y'all just in it. You are the people who are the worst. Let me just say it that way. You're the idiots that beyond the asymptomatic people and people who may not know, the people who are essential workers who have to actually go to work. You are the ones that have no care and no value for life. Because if you did, you would not have done that. It should not take for your big mama, your cousin, your mama, your daddy, your whoever to get affected or to die or to whatever. For you to understand the gross impact that that one night could have had on your family and your friends. And if you are not honest about where you've been and what you've been doing, when you interact with people, you put them at you are responsible for them getting infected if they get it. And you should not be surprised at all if you go home and you can't taste stuff and you start feeling symptoms because you decided to take your butt to a club and swim in Corona soup. It's ridiculous. You should not have done it. I don't I, I'm just irritated with you because the real conversation, the greater conversation of it all is that you have no regard for other people. You're selfish selfish. And you only care about a temporary good time. Y'all, summer low-key is counseled for us all. I had plans to go to a Miami trip in May. I mean, early June, rather, with some of my homeboys, I had plans to go to weddings and all different type of stuff that I wanted to do over the summer. And I have been unable to do those things. Why? Because I ain't like those trips will like at some point we're going to get back to some sense of normalcy. I don't think normal as we knew it will ever be the normal again, just like how we used to fly after like, you know, how we used to fly at one point was away. But after 9-11, that all changed. I think our normalcy, you know, based just how we interact with people is about to change. So I understand that. But some sense of normalcy is coming back. When is it coming back? I don't know. Most people are betting their money on 2021. And if that's the case, cool. But until then, I am not pressed about going to nobody's lounge. You know, I'm not a clubber like that anyway, but I'm not pressed to go into nobody's lounge, hanging out really at nobody's bar and happy hours and networking events or anything like that, because it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. If I want to socialize and network, this is my time to flex the muscle of using social media in in a, in a real healthy way. I mean, I use it in a real healthy way anyway, but using it to network if I want to connect with somebody, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is the opportunity to do that. So to y'all who was down there, chill out. Like it was so like y'all are just, ugh. But I'm not, you know, as Terry Cruz will say, you know, I'm not gonna die on that hill. But what hill I will die on is the one that say that y'all are selfish, y'all are ignorant, and that you have no regard for others. Because if you did, you would not have done that. That was just yeah, whatever. Anyway, so that concludes. Today's episode of the Jigsaw. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, by way of announcements, we are going to start a series real soon called the Sunday School Series, where we're going to do a bonus episode that's going to come out every Sunday morning, um, and you'll be able to listen to some really great interviews on some great people. Um, it won't be as long as our podcast here, which is about a, you know ranging from about. 50 minutes up to about an hour and some change. Uh, These will be kind of segmented interviews where we just kind of highlight um, some growth points and some really great things that people are doing in the community, and just have some kind of like Super Soul Sunday type conversations. And I'm excited about those. We're going to test them and see how they how they go out. Um, we're going to do those for about seven weeks or so. So look forward to that. I will announce when the first one is coming and who the first guest is going to be. So they're going to drop on Sunday, and this is going to be our Sunday school, our opportunity to get together for Sunday school. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I got a really big announcement that I have coming up. I can't say anything right. Now, But just know that as new as the podcast is, we are about to switch some things up and we are about to make some really big things happen. Super excited about where we're going as a group, how we're going to journey together. So, as you know, we're introducing a new segment called the P.O. Box and you are welcome to write in with questions and comments. Um, If you have a greater conversation that you want to talk about, you want to rant and rave about something. I will pass the conversation to you and I'll read yours or, as I said earlier, if you have um, a black business or somebody that you want to shout out who is doing really great, something that deserves to be shout out, send it in, put it in the description or in the subject, rather what you're saying. This is a great conversation. Um, this is a question. This is something I want advice on. Send it all to the email at the GXR podcast at gmail.com. and I'll be sure to review and read and respond accordingly. As always, make sure that you are liking, subscribing and sharing, leaving a five star rating and a positive review and comment. I really appreciate those. That helps us grow. That helps us get the word out. And that helps us to keep expanding and doing what we're doing here on a weekly basis. All right. So follow us on socials at the GXR podcast on Instagram. You can follow me personally if you like at um, I am Josh Rogers. And yeah, that's it. That is it for today. Oh, the workout class that I host is happening. You can go to Facebook and type in J-Work. Um, yeah, J-Work Fitness Community, and you'll be able to find us and you'll get all the information. Or you can just go to my website, IamJoshRogers.com, and you can register for the fitness boot camp that I do every Saturday. It is only $5.50. It is a good time and it is worth the investment. Um, that's all I got. I love y'all. So, 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 so much. Um, and until next week, you know how we do it, do what you can while you can the very best way that you can. Don't y'all let life stress y'all out, but here's the kicker. Don't you ever get caught with your work being undone. i see y'all next
1: week. Love y'all.